Welcome back to Buffs and Nerfs. You got with us as always, Sam Hall. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, for the first time, friend of the podcast slash scene-worthy podcast host, another Mind Refinery creative we have with us for the first time, Boyan Nedic. Hey, uh, happy to be here. And as I also edit these things, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, you know, be able to uh, respond and talk back and contribute to a conversation instead of just be frustrated that I can't say anything when I'm listening to you guys for hours on end. So, yeah, happy to be here. And probably listening to us <laughs> and like fact checking us and being like, oh, they're so wrong. God, <laughs> shut you up. know, I will give you guys credit. There's a few times where I'm listening. I'm like, how the fuck do they not know that or about that game? And then like as I keep listening, I'm like, oh, OK, no, they do know. They just it just took a second. So you guys, you you guys are pretty on the ball. Yeah, you get there eventually. You know, there's a few tangents here and there, but you, you're good. All right. We got we got the geek hood pass from from Boylan. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. So today just is kind of like a concept. We're doing our favorite hidden gems um, in video games. Uh, we kind of played it fast and loose What with what we meant a hidden gem was. Pretty much, I guess, the biggest thing is it's like, it's not a well-known game. Now, by whatever metric you want to measure that by, I guess that's, you know, your own choice. But yeah, so we're just going to do like a good hidden gem. You might not have heard of these games. Some of these games are not quite playable or you can't really uh, purchase them. But um, maybe this will lead you in the direction of some other games, maybe from the same developers or whatever. So we thought this was maybe, you know, a good idea to talk about some lesser known games. Before we dive into that, though, big news. Uh EA lost its uh, exclusivity rights for the Star Wars franchise. Uh, Sam, you were talking about that. What's what, what are the exact dates on that? Well, if I understand correctly, in 2023 AD, the EA loses the exclusivity rights. Uh, well, I prefer uh, common. What is it? Common C. Anyways, uh, in common two twenty. <laughs> Common era. That's it. Thank you. In 2023, the uh, EA loses the exclusivity deal, and that was. The big news surrounding that is that Massive is right now working on something probably with a 2023 or later release of a open world Star Wars game. And that's about all there is to it. Boyan, thoughts? This is, I mean, this is exciting. And this is exciting, like, if you've been a Star Wars games fan for a long time, I mean, this was kind of the default, I guess. Plus, Lucas uh, LucasArts had their own, you know, studio. Um, but other studios, I believe, made made uh, Star Wars games, and mm -hmm. I think we were all better for it. I mean, Bioware got to make Knights of the Old Republic, some probably one of the greatest RPGs, and 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 in my opinion, I guess, the greatest Star Wars RPG. Actually, I'm a fan of the second one even more than the first one, but because uh, it like goes into Gray Jedi, which no other Star Wars property has ever done and it was really really cool anyways uh i think it's exciting because it like a lot more studios can come up with good ideas i think uh, i like i didn't like their move ever when they when they went uh only to ea uh like the gave ea exclusivity i think that was a bad that bad move uh from the get-go and ea did questionable things as they are known to do uh, which I mean, property, which but... they got slapped on the wrist, and they seem to be kind yes, of turning honestly, around yeah. recently. And I think you guys, you guys mentioned it in the last podcast, where it's like, you know, their their CEO comes in, thinks he can make, you know, FIFA out of every single game, and tries to force that microtransaction system into into games that are not sports games, which obviously wrong, um, doesn't work <laughs> that way. And I mean, I gotta give them a little props, like even if, if they are the most evil company in the world, which was hilarious when that happened. Dude, they um, were like voted the most evil company in the world for like eight years running or something. Which is, which is like, you know, a Aren't joke. Are arms <laughs> manufacturers? Yeah, like, this is, Raytheon, this is like, it's, it's they're a, worse a, than, yeah, they're worse than Raytheon. It's, it's more of a comment to me on like the toxic nature, nature of gamers and how, like you know and, and they are. we are yeah. and, and, yeah, I'm gonna and go with annoying on that one. Um, because because it's like uh, you know what I mean like yeah there's Monsanto and there's arms manufacturers and there's Nestle Fucking and, Coke. And like yeah there's Nestle has slaves making chocolate and, and uh, stealing it, water rights and oh Amazon. I was gonna say is it Coke or Nestle is like in certain parts of Africa or India or something like that you can't get water unless it's from them it's, ridiculous I think Probably it's most does. likely Nestle but possibly I'm, I wouldn't put put it past Coke Either way, I still back to the point. EA gets a little bit of points for at least, uh, and not just like, oh, we took out the microtransactions from Battlefront, but like 
after that, they continued on a better path. I mean, Squadrons, even with all its flaws uh, as a flight game where you get to fly uh, uh, TIE Fighters and whatnot and, and X-Wings, it was really fun. Uh, Fallen Order was great. I, You know what I mean? So they, they did good things with it. Yeah, as like you touched on, it's it's definitely a thing that's better for the consumer because even though you have like EA with all these like different studios where they're all kind of producing a game and it breeds a little bit of like internal competition, this is going to really ramp up that competition, which is always better for yeah. the consumer. So there, so yeah, so there's just going to be that competition um, that I think and that's variety, yeah, yeah, and and variety. It's like you have all these like like you said back in the day, you had all these different sorts of Star Wars games that, you know, spanned all these different sets of genres. And then with EA for the, like for the first, what, like five years or whatever they had the, um, the IP aside from mobile games, the only games we got were battlefront one and two, like what the fuck. And then there was like, I think some like Star Wars Lego games and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's also like too, like I, I didn't even realize it, but like when you look at the timeline, they sat on that property for a while and did fuck all with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Compared to how many games we had before before EA took over. Exactly. Yeah, Sam. Well, um, well what were your no, thoughts? No, no, you on covered this? it. I was gonna say like variety is the big thing for me there. It's like, don't get me wrong, Battlefront is fine, and Battlefront Two, I'm sure, is fine. But I like to see sort of different options. Free on different... Epic Game Store. Yeah, I already grabbed it. Um, I grabbed it because of you. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing out of this is not is not just competition, but competition and variety. Variety is the thing I'm looking forward to. I want to see people doing a lot of different things with the IP. Not necessarily just a gigantic monolithic big AAA games like the Battlefront series, but it'd be nice to see sort of like small independent games, like maybe some kind of little RTS strategy. I don't know, but like, you know, different games in that genre. I, th I think the how blanketly open the IP is, is a concept. Like, it, it's, it lends itself to many different genres of games, and I'm, I'm hoping what'll come out of this is... I don't want to say a plethora of crap games, because, you know, if you set a ton, it'll be, there'll be some garbage in there, but, like, at least a dozen solidly designed games of different genres for different interests. That's what I think is the best also, part Also, Also, I feel like if you're a, a company that got a hold of the Star Wars IP now, like, all eyes are on you, right? So it's like, it's less, it's going to be less of a case, I feel like, where it's like, oh, you just acquired this IP, let's, let's like, shovel something out. Like, let's just release some shovelware, whatever, slap the Star Wars name on it and be done with it. Which brings us to, uh, there's now news of uh, Swedish publish or Swedish, uh, company massive um i believe they're what, what are they published by ubisoft or or are they completely well what are they with how what's their partnership with ubisoft well ubisoft has published their division games yeah. so i'm guessing if they're not like committed to their publisher they at least have a very strong working relationship with them but i honestly don't know so yeah so you have swedish company massive so they've they're obviously uh known for division one and two which uh sam and i have played a, a, a lot. We've played a lot of Division 1. We've played Borderline a lot of... Borderline far too much. It's any any really amount of Division 1 is probably too much. Uh, <laughs> agree kidding. to disagree. I'm, trust me. I've, I was there with you. I'm obviously kidding. It's... it's it at times was one of the most fun and absolutely breathtaking games I've ever played. Like like the survival mode, even though it wasn't my jam, like such a, such a good piece of content. And I hate you for that fact me yeah survival mode was the best thing about division one it was it was amazing it's oh. just the, it's the battle royale aspect the whole like I, I like that microcosm of leveling up but then it's like i, I don't like to start over like i want to carry my character through but anyway so massive has been uh it's been announced that massive slash ubisoft are going to be putting out an open world star wars game so i assume what, what is it the frost drop engine Snowdrop engine. Snowdrop, thank you. Yeah, I remember reading they're going to use that engine. I'm like 98% certain I read that somewhere. Which, it's buggy as hell, but god damn is it beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, like Division 1 and Division 2 are stunning games. Like, when they're when they're working right and there's, you know, you, you got a decent decent rig running it. Actually, even on even on PS4, when we played Division 1 on PS4, like, it, it still looked really good. Yeah. So, that makes me a little bit nervous, but just the news overall... I'm I'm 100% cautiously optimistic, like very optimistic, but very cautious. 
one thing I'll say, and um, this is because Massive is paying me money to do this. I found that uh, the bugs. Wait, what? Uh, no, I'm just I'm, I'm out. I'm coming Spider out of it, guys. I'm wearing a Massive T-shirt right now. They sent me like eight different types of chinos and schmods. It's great. I think we're gonna have to talk to our lawyers about this, Sam. If you're keeping money from us. <laughs> Uh, it's just free clothing. Listen, uh, it, it's been a rough year. My clothing budget is terrible. Sick chinos, bro. Uh, you should see the stuff that Nintendo sent me. Anyways, uh, one of the things I'll say to their credit is that from Division 1 to Division 2, the engine definitely improved. Now, I'm not... Because Division 1 was super... Also, oh, we played... Oh, wait, no, we did play Division 1 on PC. Never mind. I was going to say we upgraded to PC, but we did play Division 1 yeah, on PC. Like, but yeah, but as yeah. someone who played a ton of it on, uh, Division 1 on PC and then a ton of Division 2 on PC... Division 2 does have faults, absolutely, but the engine definitely was improved and polished more. So what I'm hoping, hoping, is that when they start doing the Star Wars thing, considering they're going to A, have a ton of money because it's Star Wars, and B, Disney probably holds them to a certain standard, hopefully a lot of the bugs with the engine will be uh, polished out and it'll be actually pretty good. Because otherwise it's a beautiful, like you said, a beautiful looking engine. So... I, I just got to yeah. say that to them. I think they they are aware of the engine's problems and they'll increase. Oh, wait, is that check for me? Thank you. <laughs> Cha-ching! Yeah. Uh, no, no writing staff is earning their money today. I just pay them the peanuts, literally. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Boyan, even though I don't think you played the division, though, but. Uh, I, I did. I did, oh, you did the you did. beta test of, I think, both of the games, and I right, I right. just did not, could not get into it. Um, the bull, Was it, it the bully spon- bullet sponginess? What, what, what was your issue with the division? It was that I generally don't like games that have numbers flying out from when you attack stuff and when you're when you're locked. Says out the guy of... who's like played how much Destiny recently. Well, I mean, yes, I said I generally don't like that. <laughs> I know, I know. I, know. I also Go got, on. I also like that was also one of the hurdles I had to get over with Cyberpunk is that I just don't like that kind you of. You can system. turn that off, by the way. Oh, I turned can? that off oh, early God, on. God, yeah, thank God. And you can turn oh. that off in any game, pretty much. I think you can turn it off in Anyways, Destiny King. But yeah. it's also, and the big thing is also like getting locked out of content until you're a certain level is just like kind of ridiculous mm. for me. It's just, anyways, yeah, I couldn't, I could never get into it and I didn't, that's like, fair. I wasn't, that's I wasn't fair. playing it's not on for console everybody. and stuff, so. Uh, it's but, it's uh, also but like did, menu hell as well. Like, yeah, you're, you're yeah. sitting there um, like sorting gear for. Yeah. I mean, I like the premise. I like the premise and I think it was a beautiful game. Um, I don't, I don't mind zombie stuff or whatever. No, whatever no, it's it not zombie they called, yeah, it's, it's society's collapsed and society so collapsed, forms but, yeah. gangs. But it's oh, it's one hundred percent just human. No, no, it's just humans. There's no. Wasn't there a disease? There was a disease. Yeah, there well, was a disease. Virus but killed it's like everybody. A flu. It's like a flu. and it made people go like, I'm going to join a gang and strap an explosive to myself and charge at the paramilitary people. There's, that's what and then we're going to right. then we're going to storm the Capitol building. You can see how much I cared about that game though. Yeah, and I just to kind of to bring it back and something I wanted to mention is like. The other thing that uh, sort of is exciting to me about the Star Wars like open uh, license deal or not open license but like open to to everybody, a um, couple things. One, uh, you know, with with all the content that could potentially be made, you know, maybe maybe there will be some like they'll start exploring things about the universe and in, in the past and and stuff that isn't connected to the movies. Who, whether it may be canon or not, it could inspire some interesting things in the in the movie universe, in the series, and then whatnot. Um, you know, it has in the past some of that content, and you know, maybe we'll see more Knights of the Old Republic. I love the Old Republic uh, mm. universe. I well, love there's going to be love... a TV show coming out. It's not, but that's not. It is. It's early High Republic or earlier, whatever, whatever this Republic that fell. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's when Palpatine became Palpatine like you know what I mean oh so it's only a few hundred years before or something oh okay sorry I thought that I'm sorry finish your finish I think it was like it was it's his master that that it's set around like that area Plagueis maybe I think it might be Plagueis or like maybe Bane but it's not Old Republic it's not like thousands of years oh. ago old republic which that, lo- that whole that whole world is just ripe for the taking right well now. i like, thought that was so where disney potential. was going i mean i thought i read something saying disney is basically uh turning away from the skywalker era for lack of a better term and sort of the stuff leading up to skywalker and after well, skywalker and i heard they were well next i heard they were republic trying to make like it like high republic years, which is thousands of years ago oh but Knights of the Old Republic I, I think it was only like some ago. several hundred years ago or something. Oh, so it's, okay. it still has like there's still like oh how did this? I think it's still like it's I think the show's called Acolyte, and I think it's it's about like those that era how that affected like you can kind of connect that to how it affects 
this era of Star Wars, like the modern whatever era of Star Wars. So I don't so, think it's set into that like like Knights of the Old Republic era. I think so the show's Acolyte. called Acolyte. Yeah, and it's about the Hive uh, enemy from Destiny. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's like a single camera, like uh, curb your enthusiasm, but you're a hive guy. It's like, oh, oh, I, I, you know, I could come up with jokes, but my guys will work on that. I'll have it for next time. <laughs> yeah, give, give them a break. Like, go, you know, they need a second. They've um, had a week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I did, I did want to bring up another thing is, uh, you know, I'm this like this whole thing is again exciting news to me because I'm I'm starting to think about like what kind of studios will take this on, right? And what do you think? What kind of games? You know, every studio is known for a certain type type of game, and what kind of games do they make? Like, I again on the same kind of thing. Like, Obsidian for me is one of my favorite studios. I'd be very curious to see if they if they take this license back on, since they used to make those games, and if they want to do something with it. Oh, absolutely! They should do a Knights of the Old Republic three. Well, Bioware is EA now, so fuck. Well, they should do a Bioware Star Wars Anthem. That's what I think. Like, <laughs> if, if Bioware is going to get the IP, just do like an Anthem spinoff, straight up Star Wars. Wait, are we doing crazy Star Wars games ideas? Because I got one. Yeah, go for it. it. I was kidding, but anyway. No, seriously, right. that's a good idea. Go for it. All right. So what it is, is have you ever played the Payday games? It's yes. like Payday, but in the Star Wars universe where you got to like do heists into like Imperial bases. Oh my God, yes. For the rebels. Are you kidding you, like, me? That'd be a great smuggling game. Like, yeah, for, like it's know, called like, like that, Smugglers yeah, or Kessel Run the like game. The Bounty yeah. Hunter. It sounds a bit like yeah. almost like the yeah. Bounty Hunter game. Like you try to break into different places and stuff, and some are more combat, some it's more about sneaking, you know, like the Payday 2 series uh, was kind of thing. And you can get masks. Or make it a Yeah, like you're working for the huts or something, and you're pulling off jobs. That's so cool. I'd love to Or become like the Mandalorian and just like go from like planet to planet, just fucking doing missions and shit. Yeah, and there's instead of a baby, there's so much, got a baby Wookiee. There's so no, much no. gamification baby around the Mandalorian Grogu. too, in terms of Grogu. I, I actually hope they don't touch the Mandalorian. I think the Mandal one of the things I don't like is when they go, oh, uh, there's this movie or this series or whatever. We're gonna take a concept for that, like kind of what they did with the um. Oh, I've completely forgotten the name, but the series where you played as Darth Vader's uh, apprentice. Mm-hmm. It's like I prefer uh, it when they sort of. Force Unleashed, thank you. Just, yeah. Mandalorian's great. Do something similar to that, but don't make yeah. it like the yeah. Mandalorian the game. Yeah, it shouldn't be tied in, necessarily tied in, because then it's like you're very handcuffed yeah. in what you can do story-wise. But I do, like, I think the Mandalorian already has elements of him that's gamified. Like, the whole yeah. idea of, like, in season upgrading one, his armor of shit. upgrading your armor, that's a complete video game thing. I mean, it's, you know, it's a storytelling <laughs> thing, but it's it's something that's so video game. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's a thing. It's a two season long escort mission. <laughs> I mean, some of those episodes, like like the episode in the new season where like the like Grogu is eating the fucking babies constantly. Oh I was not. That cool was with like that. that was like I was, an I was expecting a scene where he's just he's like, oh, he's keeping them safe in his stomach and he's gonna puke them all out at the nope, end you know, or nope, something. Man, nope, just nope. He them. just trades up, eats them. So I'm gonna say, what's with this race? It's like uh, one, two, five. Yeah, they're all there. It's fine. Like I, I I found that whole thing I know it was played for jokes, but I was like this, this I know. I mean, we talked about it. You were like genuinely aghast. You were like clutching <laughs> your clothes about it. It's kinda of like the whole fish frog thing, right? They 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 lay uh, so many, so many eggs, right? And and it's the idea of they survive. They the reason they lay so many eggs is so that when predators eat them, there still will be enough left it's over. Like caviar. That will yeah, but I mean, she, she hired the Mandalorian like to escort her babies, and <laughs> she didn't say, "Oh, you know what? Yeah. If all the way I lose a couple, it's fine." Yeah. You know, I it's, got a ton yeah, of, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it is weird. Grogu's like a the nature side of it, it makes sense, but when you kind of apply that to like a like a conscious like, I think like this intelligent is species, it's kind of weird. This is hey, becoming a Sith. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna wrap up the Star Wars talk there. It's gotten oh, off the rails. Grogu. For more, I, as I watch the more, time, no. I'm thinking I'm gonna be editing this. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Let's okay. keep going. So moving forward, moving along. Um, for more Star Wars info, check out the recent Star Wars uh, Mandalorian season two look back on Screenworthy. A bit we of a plug. We talked about other things. Okay, we did. We <laughs> talked about the future of the Star Wars universe, etc. Anyway. Uh-huh. Just a quick plug. Yeah, so moving on to uh, the topic of the day, uh, Hidden Gems. Uh, as I said, pretty loose on the uh, definition. It's pretty much whatever a hidden gem means to you. Just essentially something that didn't garner mainstream attention, or at least mainstream attention in the gaming sphere when uh, when it was released. So I guess we're going to kind of go around and kind of do our, our two choices. So, Boyan, do you want to start us off? 
yeah, my first hidden gem is uh, Deep Rock Galactic, which which tagline is is uh, I, I love it because danger, darkness, and dwarves. And when you get to really play the game, you add drinking and dancing to it as well. Uh, it's it's a game that came out early access in 2018 on Steam, and it didn't, you know, it wasn't like a big thing, even though and it's it's mostly wasn't a big thing because it, it, it's really hard to it wasn't marketed. And it was hard to like right away know what it's about to explain what it's about. But it's very similar in concept to you know things games like Left 4 Dead where you you know or you're with a group of people, you all different have slightly different abilities, uh, and you go and you fight like hordes of monsters and stuff like that. So there, there's it's not like completely unique in that respect. So it didn't, but it didn't uh, wasn't very big uh, when it came out. It's been growing steadily since came out uh, fully released um, um, earlier in in 2020. So the basic Basically, what the game is is like you, you, and and three other mining space dwarves are, are work for this company where you mine extremely dangerous uh, 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 asteroids. Uh, go down like you, you basically get sent into a dropship that drills into an asteroid and you pop in and you have to gather m minerals, fix machines, do various other things. Uh, while fighting, you know, aliens like insect. Uh, uh, aliens that that hoard and like attack you um and each of your squad mates has different abilities and yeah it's basically it's procedurally generated so it's always something different there's several you know all sorts of mission types uh you get all sorts of things and you go back to your station you upgrade your your stuff and then you go back in for another mission and, and if you're if you need a little bit of time in between like if you're waiting for your friends to upgrade their gear you, you can drink uh, drink at the bar and and uh, and and dance to the jukebox and play games and turn off the gravity and just like <laughs> all sorts of like it the, the game doesn't take itself really seriously the beer even because they're dwarves so they drink beer and ale the even gives you like bonuses or it'll like turn you small or one of the beers will teleport you outside of the uh, uh, space station that you're on and and you'll die and then wake up back in the med bay and yeah, and it's just it's it's got so many similarities to existing games in terms of like aspects of it, like like the team play and the and the um the hordes and and all that and upgrading your gear constantly and you know different classes and all that. But uh, it's kind of very unique in what it does, and it's a really fun uh game to play with, you know, four other people or three other people. Um, I've definitely heard about this game. Uh, Skill Up uh, put out a review on. I know, I know I dropped skill up too much, but uh, he put out a review on it and it just seemed fucking fantastic. Yeah, like it just looks like the perfect party game to play with your friends, especially now, obviously, with, you know, lockdown part two happening. You know, that's kind of gaming from home with, with friends is even more popular than it even has been. So I know it, it didn't do too well when it first came out, but how like how's it doing now? I think, I mean, since it's basically it it went through official release so it's out of early access when did that happen sorry it if you said, said that already it, I, now it says this came up on xbox live on in may so i want to say it was it was the official release was around may of 2020 um so i mean it's been it's been doing well as far as i can tell you know it's it's i've certainly because I, I played the early access i got a little bored of it and i went back and there was so much more content and so much so much of the stuff was fleshed out and I, I play it any chance. Anytime I can gather enough people to play it that have it, I'll play it because it's 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 just it's a fun much is game it? without. Uh, I think, oh geez, I want to say it's like forty bucks, maybe less, maybe thirty. So mm, we should all figures Canadian I, <laughs> in Canadian, yes. Um, yeah, I can, I can look that up. But yeah, it's not it's not very expensive. If I they probably are still, but when I bought it originally it came in a four pack so you can also get an, an additional deal on top of that if you're if you're uh, buying for a group mm. of your friends but it's just one of those games that i like i have hundreds of games in, in, in my steam library but it's one of those games i never uninstall hundreds yes wow. <laughs> i never uninstall because it's just like oh it'll just become it'll just come on one of those like casual like hey let's drop in and play a few rounds of this uh, without you know taking over your life, I've heard great things about that game. I've actually been meaning to check it out, so we should definitely play it and, and then talk Absolutely. about it after. Hell yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Definitely grab that. Uh, yeah. So I guess Sam, do you want to hit us with your first choice? Sure. Well, we were talking about the parent uh, IPA from the parent company of this game, uh, Disney. Disney in two thousand three on 
August 26th, released a game called Tron 2.0. This was before the Tron sequel re- revolutions. Tron, Tron 2 Boogaloo, what was it called? The, 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 the movie you like? Oh, Legacy. The Legacy. That's Legacy. it. That Legacy. It's got nothing to do with that. So what it is, is it's a first-person shooter where you spend the entirety of the playtime inside the Tron world. Like, you, you, we all, I think, at this point know what that is. Like a sort of vibrant, neon-colored, but with like a black background sort of visual representation of the inside of a computer system. And this game is... One of the great things about it is the fact, like, even though it was released doing the math 17 years ago it still kind of looks good because it's very stylized like it's sort of it's a low poly count enemies and stuff like that but in any other game that would look dated but in this world it kind of works because you're inside a computer so you're like oh yeah no it makes sense for low poly and stuff like that and it's uh first of all the gameplay itself is pretty damn good uh, it's got, it relies a little heavily on the tropes of like, you know, there's a shotgun, uh, program. I can't remember what they're called. I think they're called apps is what they call the guns in the game. There's a sniper app, but the best thing about it is if you remember the movie, both movies made a big deal about disc throwing and you have this disc pretty much from the get go in the game and you upgrade it with different like abilities. Like sometimes it'll shoot a couple discs or it'll bounce and come back and hit another person. So the combat in it is fun. The level design is great. And it's one of the most beautiful games I've actually played. Like the... They took the whole Tron look and made a first-person shooter inside of it and didn't just go like, oh, we'll just make walls green, whatever. Like, they actually built very interesting levels for it around that, though it does rely a little heavily on the, uh, in order to go any further, you need a green key card, or I think they call them passcodes or something. So, uh, but it's a great game. Like, it's, and it's also available now on Steam. I think it's like, 10 bucks or something like that. But yeah, no, it's stunning beautiful. Uh, there's great customization, not just for your own character. You can get little skills that you can then upgrade. But there's also customization of how the guns and weapons themselves work. And overall, it's just sort of a fun game that kind of, if I remember the tone correctly, takes itself seriously, but not too seriously. Like, it's sort of nudging and winking a bit of the player as you go along and uh yeah oh it's also got light cycle game in it uh, which is actually pretty fun so tron 2.0 i highly recommend this uh, little hidden gem if you will um there we go questions <laughs> i i remember hearing about this when it came out but like for like a t- like a split second yeah it and got then i missed. never heard anything again was it re- it was uh legacy was released several years after what like five years after yeah i think legacy is like 2008 or 9 or something this was at least like five or six years beforehand and it was actually also not just like a pc game though that's pretty much i think how the only way you can play it now i don't know if it's on the xbox live or anything like that but it was released on xbox as well and i think ps i guess at the time two three two 2003 i don't i feel like i played a demo for this but i could be making that up i have no idea it's, it's a really underrated game. I, I think it's really actually one of the best FPS games I've played for... Maybe it's not sort of like technically, like if you sort of take a step back, it's like, oh, does this wrong, that wrong? But it's just one of those games that when you've played it, it just feels right. And it's one of the few games that I've actually played to completion and been happy about it and not felt like a grind at the end. And that's something for, as, as I know you just over the years, you're not the biggest person to f- like finish games. So to say that you finished this game is actually like pretty, pretty big for yeah. you. Aside from that, I got to say Tron Legacy... I, I dig Tron Legacy. I dig yeah. I do I do dig Tron Legacy. It looks good. You got Daft Punk. I don't know. Should I should I revisit this game on Steam? Is it expensive? <laughs> uh well like I said, I think it's about like ten or fifteen bucks. Oh. You know, it's it's sort of hard to recommend it because it's definitely one of those games where I can't say, oh, you play this, you'll love it. It's like you should play it, but you'll either like it or just instantly bounce off of it. One of the hardest things is actually you play entirely in the Tron world, but you have these cutscenes that happen in the real world, and those are low poly count. Like, oof, that's what people looked like back in 2003's Cutting Edge. I would, you know what I would say? I'd recommend it, but don't get mad at me if you don't like it. Too bad. Oh, wow. I'm already mad at you. Setting myself up for failure. <laughs> um, all right, I guess I'll uh, sneak in there with my uh, first choice of the night. Um, my. My choice is uh, a bit of a throwback choice uh, to a game called Vice Project Doom on the NES, on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, this game is fucking sick. I have never heard about this game. I've never heard of anybody who played this game. Anybody who I talk to about this game, nobody has heard about it. 
I was at my friend's house one day and randomly he had like in a box his NES and like, I don't know, 15 games or something like that. So no, so we're just chilling at his places in high school and just, you know, we find this dusty box and we're like, oh my God, an NES. We are, you know, at the time feeling quite, quite nice about ourselves. Um, so we hooked that shit up and we just, you know, played through all the classics and he had this one game, Vice Project Doom. And he's like, yo, we got to play this game. This game is great. He remembered it as a kid. I'm like, I have never heard of it. Slaps it in. And I was just from the jump blown away by this game. So now why this game never got popular was the game was released in Japan and it got held back from, um, you know, a Western release for a few months um, for actually, I remember it was on, on the cover of Nintendo Power back in the day so then it got held back a bunch of months and then finally when it was released the super nintendo was already out in uh north america so it just got overshadowed by the north american release of the super nintendo everybody was on to the next thing everybody was on to you know super mario world whatever nobody cared about this little game from uh this little game called vice project doom so the game starts off and it just right away it has these like super beautiful little cutscene like art things like it's just like you know 2D images that kind of just like move across the screen whatever kind of like Ninja Gaiden style but um the cutscenes like they, the art looks really cool and it's I don't know it's about some fucking storyline about I, I don't even really remember I remember there was like some food source that was actually drugs <laughs> like it got people hooked on like this food i don't Cocano know Cano puffs okay Co- yeah Co- nintendo proved this cocoa puffs the name is right there i don't know yeah yeah they did i mean it was on the cover of nintendo power the new yorker for teenagers of the time yes of course it's it's the it's the economist <laughs> of the 12 year old from 1994 How dare you <laughs> later. Um, so yeah, so I don't, I, don't, I don't even know. You guys got me all off topic now. Well, what's um, the gameplay in this? The food so, or the yeah. drugs, yep. Oh, right. So the, the, the cutscenes, whatever. So it starts, and you're in a car, and it's just like a classic, like, you're driving. Um, it's like a top-down. You see the top of the car, and you just kind of hug the bottom of the screen, and then you're shooting vertically. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. This like my As I said, this is my first time playing it. My buddy is like, we got to play this game. It's sick. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's one of these, like, games where... You're in a car and you shoot stuff. So we like get through the first level. It's a hell of a lot of fun. You like there's like this like big boss car that you shoot at the end of the level, and you're like sick. Okay, next like there's another cutscene. Next level starts. You're expecting some more car shooty goodness, um, and then it's all of a sudden like a platformer, and it's kind of like a little bit kind of like again throwing back to Ninja Gaiden, but it's like a little bit of like a Ninja Gaiden almost Castlevania Mega Man kind of style game. Beautiful art. Every level is um completely different every level has its own like kind of flavor and you're this guy like the main protagonist and you have three weapons you have like a whip a ranged grenade that you kind of lob in an arc or like a very short range gun like a pistol that shoots like i don't know like a couple meters ahead of you but it's not like it doesn't have like a huge range on it it's like a little bit range more range than like i don't know if it's like a whip or like a chain or something anyway so you have these three weapons that you can switch between on the fly so that already adds dynamic to it and then the level design's great you have enemies that really um you can tell like oh this enemy i'm supposed to use the grenade against this enemy i'm supposed to use the whip against like you can definitely just like tell how the, the the design of the game was just kind of like how the enemies were um reflective of of the method like of the methods that you had to take care of them anyway so you play like a couple levels of this like uh sides uh the side scrolling platform or whatever you're going up and down ladders there's like little jumping areas whatever it's like standard nintendo platformer again looking gorgeous the whole time and then all of a sudden you go on to like an on rails like where it's kind of like you're side scrolling along the stage and then you can see your crosshair and then you can kind of like in a first person uh, shooting mode like kind of like those arcade shooters back in the day Mm -hmm. um you can move around your crosshair as you're like side scrolling through a stage so you have the mechanics of a, like a gun shoot like a shooty car mechanic i don't know what the, like it's kind of like a shmup but it's not a, like shmups are generally ships like um like uh spaceships or whatever so it's not ne- it's like kind of a shmup it's like a car shmup and then um like a standard 2d platformer with like you know really good platforming and then also these like on rails arcade shooter parts like first person arcade shooter parts 
Um, so you mix this all together into this one game with these really cool cutscenes, and it's like, holy shit, this game is fantastic. Um, I really love this game. Again, anybody I have ever talked to about this game, about like, you know, we start talking about NES games, our favorite NES games, I'll throw this game out there, people have not even heard of it. So, got got to shout it out, it is, it is fantastic. Have you guys ever heard of this game? Never. No, no, this is the first time. Also, I'm wondering, I mean... You mentioned how beautiful the design was. Uh, how wasn't Nest like eight bit or something? How beautiful yes. can eight bit be? Oh I mean, my I god! <laughs> you just offended me <laughs> so greatly. I hate to say, but I'm kind of with Boyan on this one. Are I mean, look, look, get look. okay. Bring okay, up right in the now. context bring, of eight bit. I can your... understand, but like I'm imagining something like so much more, and and then I'm just like, Wait bring a up your phone right now and search <laughs> Vice Project Doom, and you'll see some screenshots right. of this game, okay. and then tell me how beautiful it looks. Listeners, right now, boop it up. Pull up While Google. you're doing that, I gotta admit, when you said, and then it's a platformer, I was like, wait, the Cars is a platformer? Oh, he's probably out of I the do, car. that does sound, like, interesting, the fact that it just, like, and th is there any, is there, like, a story to this, or is it just, like... Yeah, as levels? I said, there, it's, like, I don't know, there's, like, some guy, like, some corporation... Drugs or food? Who, ...who's making this food source, and it's drugs, and I think, like, a girl gets captured. But what's, like, the, like is there, is there any sort of... To, to borrow film, like that, but like also like motivation for why you change. Yeah, yeah, from there one. is. That's what I'm saying. There's cutscenes. There's beautiful no, cutscenes I mean, in between I, all the levels. I mean, like why you change from one type of game to another. Oh yeah, I mean it's just like, not really. It's like oh, I gotta drive to the place. Okay, I'm at the place. Oh, I have to fight the like. There's not really like a thematic reason other than like. I like, guess but, I'm uh, expecting too much from an NES game. Yeah, it's it's an it's an NES game, bro. Ape it, it's gross. Wow, like that is beyond ignorant, right there. First of all, <laughs> actually, that doesn't look too bad. It, it, what, well, it, it's kind okay, of I'm like glad. Metroid looking. Yeah, I forgot what. Uh, what's there's the so many again? good NES games. There's so many good looking NES games. Think about Mario Three. Mario Three, such like again, I'm talking about beautiful. Like obviously, it's not. I'm not comparing it to like Breath of the Wild right now. Like obviously, I'm saying beautiful for its time. True, but like I don't know. I, I guess I, I the further I get away from those times, the more I'm like. Eh, they're 2D games. They're just 2D games, and then like they're you know, just and and, and well, no, I, I don't mean just, but I mean just like I, I, you know, you don't make different. I don't make differences between you know eight bit, eight bit, and sixteen bit, and all the and all the other like systems. It, they're all just kind of like in one folder in my head, you know, old two bit games or not two bit, uh, uh, uh 2D <laughs> games, and it's just like in that folder, I know of several games that welcome I, to even Brown's now I consider first and Nerfs podcast, even and now last I consider Bust them Nerfs podcast. <laughs> Is it, game it, was like nice. it was nice. It was nice to have Boyan for his only Buffs and Nerfs podcast. It was great. <laughs> well, again, I'm not insulting the games. Game. I'm just saying that. Like, I know. Even I'm fake them, offended, even though I'm like actually 60% offended. I, I like, just looked at a screenshot here and it says, What's going on around here? Christ. They're swearing in this game? <laughs> swearing? They are taking the Lord's name in vain. Oh, which no. is actually for Nintendo, too. They like, they have, they're like really against religious iconography. So that's actually weird that that got through. Weird. I, I guess they were... Uh, well, you said it was a late release for the NES, right? And at the time the Super NES was coming out. So maybe they were just literally like, oh, we don't care about that. Ship anymore. it. But, yeah. Yeah. Maybe for the localization. But yeah, so as a cap to the story. So my friend and I had found this game. It was actually a couple friends and I. And everybody had gone to, the, gone to bed, and then it was my me and my one friend, Colin. We stayed up till, like, 4 in the morning. So the, the mechanics of the game are, are, are you have three lives to beat a level. If you beat a level, the checkpoint is the beginning of the level. You can die three times, but you can restart the level as many times as you want. Um, and, you like, once you lose a life, you just lose a life. You don't have to restart the level. You just, like, lose a life during the level. So you, we got to the last level, and we're, we, we get to the end. We get to the boss so many times. We get to the boss. We get to the boss. We get to the boss. We fucking beat the boss. We're like, yes, finally. It's, like, 4 in the morning. The boss has a second phase. We're like, no. <laughs> so, like, we go through again. Get to the boss. Be Like, we get to, like, this is, like, like literally, like, 4 or 5 in the morning. We get to be, like, so proficient at the boss, passing it back and forth. And, like, we, we would get to the second stage so many times. Say second stage so many times. Finally beat the second stage of the boss. Beautiful cutscene. Na, 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 na. We, okay. It's fucking five in the morning. Beat the game. Yo, the boss comes back with, like, this, like, big, massive final form. After, like, we thought there was a final cutscene. We're like, all right. Like, we tried it a bunch of times. Just got destroyed. We're like, all right. It's five in the morning. Like, I need to go home. Um, so, still to this day, I have not beat um vice 
Project Doom, which I have I have downloaded the emulator on like you know laptops and like my computer and shit before, and I played it through again, and it still holds up. It's a fantastic game. I still have not beat it. I've got to that final final boss a few times, but just can't pull the trigger on them. Someday, Any, man. We'll see. I, I would revisit again. Okay, well, I guess that brings us to Boyan. Boyan, what is your second choice for our hidden gems topic? Uh, my second choice is uh, Satisfactory, which I guess for those who play these kinds of games, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't maybe not a hidden gem, but uh, I think overall it, it is. And by these kinds of games, I mean like if you've played or heard of Factorio or uh, Jesus, I don't know what's the other one. It's similar games like that where basically you it's it's a it's hard to explain, but it's you're it's a factory management game, but which sounds super boring. It sounds, but honestly, it's it can be really fun and really involved. Um, you know, it sounds it, stressful. It, it can it can be. Uh, so you get basically in satisfactory. You you land on a on a alien planet, um, and you have to survive here. Although the survival mechanics are are very very. Uh, Thin, um, and it's but basically you have to create this factory system from and you know you're researching stuff you're gathering materials by hand first and you can do this with friends as well so it's, it's faster that way um, but then you're gathering materials with machines and you're using those materials to make other materials to make other machines to and you're automating all this and then once you get you get to a certain sort of level like that where you're you're trying to automate this process and make it uh, efficient and and gather all the things you need, but at the same time you constantly need more resources, resources and advanced resources. So you have to also explore. And you know you start off on foot. Later on, when you can create vehicles, you create vehicles, and you you go into these like massive caves and 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 jungles. And there's all sorts of dangerous plants and creatures and animals. And and you know you're creating. You, once you get there and you find the stuff, you create these outposts. You have to have, find a way to get a back to your base and eventually you build a space elevator and you're sending stuff up to space and it's it can be both relaxing in the sense that you're you're just you know it's not a super stressful game once you have things figured out but <laughs> if you ever look at like images or videos of this thing of, of this game when, when you get to a higher level it's 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 like a bowl of spaghetti of these like uh, 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 what do they call them? Um, oh God, spaghetti! Uh, no, no, it's like uh, mechanics. What's what's that thing in a factory? The uh, the conveyor belt. Conveyor belts. Okay, so it's basically a oh, spaghetti yeah, of yeah. conveyor belts going from one building to another building, splitting off, connecting, and it's just and I and the problem I find with both Satisfactory and Factorio, which Factorio at least it's like two D and over the top, where Satisfactory like you're in first person and you have an actual character you're moving around and flying around with which makes it even harder but the problem is like if you stop playing this game and come back like a month later it is just a a spaghetti of conveyor belts and it, it'll take you a while unless you are really really like organized it'll take you a while to figure out oh so the game keeps going even when you're not playing it like it sort of goes oh six days has passed since you last launched this so this is happening no 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 like it doesn't i mean you everything you built you built and it doesn't it doesn't keep growing past that and it doesn't it doesn't gather material it's just when you come back that. to it it's hard to figure oh, right. you come so back you to just it. like oh yeah. wait what was this what was that who's this yeah and it has like it has ways of like you're you can spray paint right. different buildings so you can color code it and you can put labels on it but like once you build a massive mega factory on this on this huge planet like it unless you were really organized you won't know uh for a while what does what and how to solve any kind of problems but it is i mean my favorite part of it and like why i enjoy these games is that once you do get to that level where you're building these massive uh complexes you're it's you're it's problem solving on a whole sort of different level you're you're thinking, uh, you know, you're thinking about how to make this more efficient, how to make it better, how to use a limited amount of space, both vertically and, and sort of, in, you know, two-dimensional and three-dimensionally uh, in this game. And and you're 
and then when you have to like inter- build a new thing or introduce a new thing, suddenly everything you built isn't enough. And then you have to like upgrade your whole system. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's that. And once you get stressed out from all that in a good way, I guess, because I like that challenge, you go out and you go exploring and you have to, these, these are, you know, there's massive cliffs and structures and not structures, but cliffs and, 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 and ge- geographical features and very dangerous places. So you have to, with very little resources that you can carry yourself or with your vehicle, you have to figure out how to get around these places and solve these problems. So there's a little, is, there's, is, yeah. There's, oh, sorry, quick question for you. Is the world procedurally generated or is it like one fixed world? It is, it you... is one fixed uh, world that's 30 square kilometers. Okay. And you have wow. you initially start in one area, and then later on you can you can start off in different biomes. So there's like a desert biome and a jungle biome and and whatnot and forest and whatnot. So Sounds it's interesting. you know it, it it is a massive map. So it's like not you're not gonna get bored of it anytime soon. And and the different biomes have different challenges, right? Like a, some things you're not gonna be able to as easily find in the desert as you would other places. Yeah, and the creatures are pretty dangerous. I mean, it's it's nice to have teammates when you're playing with teammates. Uh, you can't. You that know, was going to be my question: so, yeah. was is is there multiplayer to this? Yes, there's multiplayer. So, uh, and as a break from usual multiplayer, it's 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 very cooperative multiplayer. You can't really. It's not like that's my. It's not like time. you can set up different tribes and like, and then you know fight each other or something. You're just or somebody's shooting you while you're yeah, building a yeah. It's build. a, you're just you're working as a team and and you're trying to do you're trying to make this whole thing work. And it's beautiful too, so yeah, that helps. Oh, it sounds fun. It sounds super interesting, but that is not my type of game at all. And that's but fair. I it's definitely a very niche. Yeah. Like if and and again, if you like this or if you liked Factorio, you like this. And Factorio kind of set the precedent for these kinds of games. But yeah, it's a very neat, like niche sort of type of game, and I can understand most people wouldn't get into it. One one quick question for you: I'm weirdly picturing Subnautica. Is it that kind of thing where like you harvest local resources and it's more survival based? Or um, is it... It's less survival than Subnautica. Subnautica is okay. like you're really it's just an it, there's just danger lurks at every corner and you're just trying to like you're you're discover trying you know yeah. you're trying to discover that world and like what's happening and, and trying to get survive out, another right, hour survive another day yeah. Kind of, yeah. Whereas this is like yes, there's dangerous aspects, there's poisonous plants and creatures. There isn't a story to it. There's like you're you're basically been sent down by this company to make a factory on this planet. Um, so there isn't really any depth to that, uh, and, and the survival isn't too scary. Um, but it's more about it's more of that like f- factory management, like problem solving right. with resources and and, gr- and and making these factories and machines and whatnot. Sam, you want to hit us with your next choice? Okay. My next choice is inspired by the Cyberpunk 2077 release that was a buggy nightmare. Uh, It is a game called Dystopia. What Dystopia is, is actually it's a full conversion of the Half-Life 2 Deathmatch, I believe, but it might be based more on the Half-Life 2 engine. And what it is, is it's a multiplayer game where there are two teams uh, in what I guess would be called with asymmetrical goals. Basically, it's usually one team's trying to get in to a place or get to like the final room inside a chamber or something like that and uh, the team is trying to stop them and now with the name dystopia it is set in a very cyberpunk world literally one team is called the corpse and one team is called the punks now what makes this game interesting is first of all there are there are like the the concept of defending a thing is not like unique or anything like that but there's two things one the customizability of the uh, of your character you're not playing like a set like a like in team fortress 2 you play a pyro a heavy a medic or something like that you basically choose your uh class which is either uh light medium or heavy and then you can choose these cybernetic upgrades things like uh you move faster you get heat vision um and then you can choose your weapons as well and they had interest weapons like smart lock pistols uh this weird one which kind of almost like uh i this is a weird thing to call it, but like a high lie or a lacrosse thing where you throw like a ball of energy that slowly goes towards people, but damages them. Um, and the most interesting thing about this game is, so you have like these two sides competing, like one's defending, one's attacking, you know, it might be something like, oh, hit the switch or something like that. But what's added is this layer of pure cyberpunk where there's actually cyberspace in the game. The light and medium class 
players on both sides can choose a, uh, I think it's just called like a cyber deck as an implant. And what that allows you to do is go up to these very specific terminals in the map. And there's not a lot of them. And when you log in, you're suddenly jumped into this world that's going on a visual theme here. It's kind of like Tron, where it's very much just like very low gravity, sort of cubist kind of world with like a different high, like bright neon colors, yellows, red, blues, that kind of thing. And in there, you do things like, oh, I'm going to open the gate for my friends or, oh, I'm going to keep the gate closed for my enemies because you're fighting the other the other deckers is what we call them, if I remember correctly, uh, will come in and try and stop you. So like, if you're a punk, you're trying to open a door, let's say, and then the decker player will come in and try and stop you. And then the interesting thing is, is while you're in the cyberspace world, you're, com- you're still in the real world. You're literally just standing in front of this... Uh, terminal looking like you have a migraine it's weird like you put sort of hold your hands up to your temple and people can come along and kill you that way so your teammates have to keep you protected while you're trying to achieve a goal and uh on the there was a whole bunch of maps for it and what was also great is it's uh i don't know if fan base is the right term for this but it was a totally community-based game it was originally when it came out uh there was literally just one map and then i think the developers released another two or three maps but by the time i stopped playing and this came out a long time ago back in uh 2005, I think, was when the first playable build came out, and its official release was 2007. But by the time I stopped playing it around 2008 or 9 consistently, it had, like, eight or nine maps, a bunch made by the community, and they were very different. Like, they had, like, weird goals. Like, one was to fire a laser in a mining tunnel, you know, and the other one was, like, uh, you're just trying to raid a corporate headquarters. And it, it was such a great game because... You, you never could rely on one strategy. You never were like, oh, I'm an engineer. I'm just going to build turrets. Oh, I'm going to do this. Like you, you had to like constantly think on your feet and going like, oh, you know what? Since this is happening by the enemy team, I've got to stop doing like the light thing and I've got to go to a medium or heavy because we're getting our ass kicked. Or, oh, we're rolling over them. Now I'm going to push them a little further by switching back to a light, get it in cyberdeck and change stuff in the cyberspace, which affects the real world. It was It's a beautiful game. And the fact that it was made just by like modders and... The price is free. If you have uh, Half-Life 2, you have Half-Life 2 Deathmatch, so you can get Dystopia. And it's it's great. It's one of the best multiplayer games I've ever played. And I'm just, I was just reading a little bit about it to see more and to mm. see what you're talking about visually. Apparently, it's still getting updated. So, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> it's still playable okay. today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's definitely, like, dated. I mean, it's like yeah, it's Half-Life 2 era look. But, and it's it's it was one of these games where, like, one downside I'll say to it is if you had good people playing and especially since it was such a community thing, it wasn't like, you know, you had a bunch of randoms coming in. By the end of it, like I was in a clan that was playing, so we'd all be on the same team playing against some people who'd come in. You'd feel bad because you'd, you'd know what to do and you'd be super coordinated where it's 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 a hard game to just drop in, especially if you're playing against like people who have played it for a long time and played as a team. But I mean... It's a great game, and if you're out there and you have a PC, you can play this. You can run this. Don't worry. It's, like, from an engine from 2016 years ago. It is entirely playable by your computer right now. You might even have to set a different compatibility mode just to play it. I'm going to say yes to that, but I don't know enough about that stuff. I play games. I don't compatibility admin right click. Yeah, no, it's it's like a properties thing, and and it's, Yeah. yeah, it's... It, it, old it's a great only. game. I can't remember enough. And if I can just add a sob story now mm. to this. In 2004, Cue I had piano a... piano music. Please, yeah. Uh, oh, Boyan, start <laughs> sure. the violence. There we go. Uh, in 2004, I had a severe workplace injury, and I actually broke my back. And so for about a year or two after that, uh, the insurance companies and everybody was talking about one thing, and I had no money coming in. I was living off my savings. I was living in the basement of... Uh, essentially house my parents owned and it was like I had no money coming I had nothing so I started playing this game and I gotta admit this game got me through like six months or a year or two of real shitty living getting used to my new like disability and uh, conditions so it was fantastic it had a great community um, I mean some people were jerks some people were great uh, but it's a great game like I really can't recommend it now that I'm talking about it I'm probably gonna reinstall it and give it a shot again uh, the only downside is I think it's only keyboard and mouse. I don't think they ever had controller support, but that may have changed. I got that little that little app. I could fix that. Um, I feel bad now about saying cue uh, sad piano music because that was legitimately sad. Um, was it? So <laughs> insensitive, Andrew. So insensitive. Um, so mad my controller fell off my desk there. Sorry for the noise, everybody. 
Yeah, so I guess that'll uh, take us to me, the last choice of the evening. It's a game where this one, this is where I was kind of saying, like, it's kind of like a fast and loose definition of hidden gem. Uh, This game kind of has seen a little bit more of a uh, cult following uh, since years it came out. Uh, It came out for PS2 originally. It's a game called Beyond Good and Evil. It was, it's a, it's an Ubisoft game. It's made by uh, Ubisoft, uh, the the French division. I can't remember exactly where they are, but they are, it's the same company that did the uh, the Rayman games. And uh, the guy that did it, uh, who like directed the games, he did the first two Rayman games, and he was really uh, eager to break out from doing these kind of like Rayman games. They brought a lot of success to Ubisoft. They all put Ubisoft on the map, and he had this like grand concept of this game. And essentially, what it became was this game be called Beyond Good and Evil. And what this game kind of is, it's like part like Pokemon Snap meets Metal Gear Solid meets like Ratchet and Clank meets like Donkey Kong Country 3. I don't what? know. It's just... <laughs> I can't even. All right, go. <laughs> it's, um, it's really cool. Um, as I said, it's kind of garnered a um, cult following since. But uh, yeah, so uh, it, it takes... It takes like... So essentially, you're this character named Jade and you are a photographer and you go around and you essentially uncover this like giant government conspiracy um revolving around this like ooze stuff or whatever um and you do this by sneaking around factories and laboratories and whatever um there is combat but that's secondary um and then you have to go around and you have to like take pictures of shit um there's also like since there is like a very heavy photo mechanic you also can go around there's all this different like uh flora and fauna around the world and you can like photograph and kind of like fill up a dex like almost like a pokedex of um different flora and fauna around the world so there's this kind of like collection aspect and there's also like these high action sequences that are kind of like reminiscent of like ratchet and clank um where you're like kind of running and it's like you're like running running and like you're getting like chased or like shot at or whatever stuff's exploding then there's also these like as i said you gotta sneak around kind of like metal gear solid style and you have to um take out you know take pictures of certain things whatever um also this is all linked by there's uh you can pretty much at any time go into like your hovercraft and there's like the big world open world map and you can hop in your hovercraft and kind of like go around to like all these different areas and um you can go traverse over water land whatever and then eventually you can go into like there's like a spaceship type thing and you go to like like your moon and whatever so initially when this game came out it's very it was very hard to sell people on it i think that's kind of a theme that so that you guys have also touched on is like like some of the reason that this game didn't get uh maybe as big as it could have is the marketing like first of all it's hard to like like you guys laughed when i explained what it was like first of all like pokemon snap meets metal gear solid you know what yada yada it's kind of hard like people were just they, they like if you're the average consumer this is really you know the internet's around obviously uh this is this was released for the ps2 so internet's around but it's not like the huge thing that it is obviously today or like you know a couple years later so a lot of people are judging still on box art or whatever like just like promotional material that you see in like a magazine or something um and like the box was just like the girl like the main protagonist holding like a camera kind of like looking like sullen and it's like i don't know what to make of this it's called beyond good and evil like it doesn't really tell you anything Initially, upon release, it was also released like a week or something after, or I think it was after Prince of Persia Sands of Time, the first one. Um, I believe that was called Sands of Time. Um, so it was released right there, which is which is now, which at the time, that was like Ubisoft's like big push. So they like put all their money into the marketing of Prince of Persia. And then once this came out, this kind of like was like the like the vapor, not even the vapors, but like people were still like on the on the hype of Prince of Persia. So this kind of like faded into the background. They didn't really know how to market it. It was hard to market, hard to explain. It reviewed very well when it came out. It sold terribly. The thing about this game, like the visual style is kind of like a little bit um a little bit cel shaded it like it has this really cool 
art style. It looks really, really nice. The characters are so good. Like, half the heart of this game is the characters. Like, there's kind of, like, this, like, cast of supporting characters that you interact with as the story goes through, and they're just so endearing. Like, the main the main protagonist is just excellent. The music is so good. It is so good. Just recently, like, um, uh, yesterday, uh, in preparation for this, I was just, like, listening to some music from the soundtrack, and I was like, holy fuck. It just really, really brought me back. Um, the music's fantastic. It has this great storyline, as I said, where you're kind of like going through and like exposing this like corruption at like at like the every level of like the like the government, like this like government conspiracy. And it's very like Orwellian when you're like in town, you hear like speakers like like uh, like um, like the speakerphones blaring like propaganda and stuff. Which that is my favorite song of the soundtrack, the song called Propaganda. Yeah, and it's just it's just really good. Like the gameplay is great. Um, as I said, it's it's varied. You have these kind of stealth mechanics that work. Sam and I were talking about a different game. If you're gonna have a game that relies on stealth mechanics, make sure they work. This one works. It has a good stealth mechanic. It has this kind of like photography aspect that some people might not you know enjoy so much i do as like a fan of like back in the day of like pokemon snap it definitely like scratched that itch which shout out to pokemon snap 2 finally announced yesterday officially big news so yeah so i just really like this game it got um so it was released originally on ps2 and pc i believe i'm not sure about xbox but it's for sure ps2 and pc and it got a re an hd re-release for the ps3 and xbox 360 and i guess pc again and that one actually sold quite well because there was kind of this you know bit of a uh, cult following that had amassed and then this really boosted it up again and i remember that was at the time i had my ps3 got this got the hd remake loved it again and like to be honest like it had been a while since i played the original so like in my mind that's how it looked i'm like does it look that different and then i looked at the original one i'm like oh oh yeah yeah it does. <laughs> um so yeah, so like that was good. It kind of garnered a little bit more attention then. Cult, the cult following kind of grew and grew. And now Ubisoft has been working on a sequel to Beyond Good and Evil called Beyond Good and Evil 2 for like the last decade. And like anytime they show anything, it's like mind blowing. Like, I don't even understand. Like, anytime they should, like, you've just gotten, like, little snippets of what they're working on. And it's like, who knows if this game's ever going to be released. But it looks like the sequel looks insane. It kind of looks more like the game that they wanted to make initially because i even heard the the um the uh i believe the director or producer of the game said something like this game almost turned out to be like like a sequel or like expansion to the game that we originally wanted to create because they were originally creating it for the ps2 and like that era hardware so they couldn't fully realize and they really wanted to make sure um that the game like worked on like the hardware before like trying anything like too crazy which i really respect so this is interesting to me because I remember watching the Beyond Good and Evil 2, um, like they did like a 40 minute uh, video, uh, you know, explaining the game and showing what they could show both like the crazy, uh, uh, you know, view distance stuff or like loading stuff where they went from, you know, the planet level to, to, to up to space and you could just just fly. And, yeah. and look and beautiful. Like everything yeah. renders in perfect. Yeah. And, and this was also around the same area that like I was, I was getting into star citizen. So I was already like, Oh, I was a little bit less impressed than I should have been, but it still looks amazing that they could do that. Even at that time, the only thing that I, I kind of quite, and, and the whole setting and everything is really unique and interesting. Like that, the worlds that they have in the atmosphere and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And not knowing the original game, what I questioned though is like how much of those mechanics, because they never, sh they didn't show any of that, like the photography stuff. Like, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. Uh, so like they didn't, how much of those mechanics are going to be in Beyond Good and Evil 2? Like did, do you know anything more other than that one preview that they showed? Because I, I, they don't show anything of that. Other than that, I don't. Was it forty minutes? I don't remember it being forty minutes. It was a, there there was, was a long video where they did a whole bunch of stuff about its development did, and, and whatnot. Did that video actually show gameplay? I remember the trailer with like um, the woman running around with like uh, a monkey dude. It came after that. And she's like jumping on. They did. They did a whole. They did a whole gameplay thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like where there like there was like a a chase, and then they go into they show they they go on this like massive statue on top of the city. Uh, and then they go into the ship, and then the ship leaves the planet, and, and it's like it's loading out. Of, like you, you can see them; they're actually just. It looked away. really pre-rendered. Looked amazing. Like, I don't know. It it looked amazing, but it looked. They said it was gameplay. I know, especially I know. the moving saying. away from the city thing. Like it could, uh, I don't know, but what I'm what I'm wondering though is like how much 
of it because like you know part of the part of what you bring up with it with the original is that like and you know you're trying to give me this like list the comparisons of what it's like but like it made me more confused than anything because it's like yeah whenever a property is something unique and different uh that doesn't really have anything similar that came out before it it's really hard to market it it's really hard to sell that original exactly. so i'm I, exactly. i'm not surprised it didn't do well originally also female protagonist and she's not like like I'm talking like, you know, early 2000s yeah, aesthetic. Yeah. She's not like Laura Croft or like, you know, she's not like wearing like some like scantily clad. Yeah, not like a, she's not, like she's a, not a female protagonist made for, for, for young boys. So it's kind of like Alex from Half-Life too. Yeah, I, I think Alex that. came yeah, out so after she's... too, right? So if anything, yeah. Alex is based Yeah, on exactly. Her. So she's kind of like you have this like character on a box art and she's not like some like Roth yeah, like bits or right. whatever. She's like more of like a real – like not saying that Laura Croft isn't a realized character, but she's like, you know, a fully realized character. Um, she's kind of like, you know, it's just harder to sell to at the time your average video game buyer. I'm wondering so about I, if they're going to keep those that. unique aspects. And, and I'm going to say yeah. Or like, if they're like, just going to like make it a little bit more – uh, you know, normal, accessible. accessible yeah. Yes. Well, my big concern is the fact that, like you said, the sequel's been in development since pretty much the first one. Like it's gone through now two full generations of a console. Like, exactly, and it's still like all we've had is a trailer from a couple of years ago. Like I, I hope it comes out, and I hope it's great. But man, I am not holding my breath on that one. Yeah, we'll see. I think they are going to like. I feel like. It would be a disservice to the fans if there was no kind of like quote Pokemon not Pokemon Go Pokemon Snap aspect where you're like taking pictures of stuff. Like I feel like that just was such a fundamental aspect of the first game that even if it was like maybe toned down a little bit, I still just feel like they couldn't take that away. Um, same with the stealth mechanic. I feel like they're going to probably modernize those mechanics because I do feel like, you know, early 2000 stealth mechanics are definitely quite rudimentary. And it's like, they're definitely going to have to modernize those mechanics. Like they can't copy and paste the way that like the first gameplay, like the first game yeah. played out essentially. Um, it's definitely like that. That's a dated model. They're definitely gonna have to upgrade their shit. But having said that, I don't see why they wouldn't. We'll see. I'm hopeful. I would like to see more. I know they're still working away at it tirelessly. So we'll see. Um, watch this space for more info. Yeah. And honestly, from from what little I've seen, like if if anything, the characters right away and for somebody who hasn't played the first game seem really interesting and fun. And you know what I mean? Like there's just like you know humanized animals or whatever it is and 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 yeah that's that that aspect of me is like yeah that'll keep me interested because that's that's and if they can get that and the characterization right a lot of the other stuff can be forgiven usually in a game for me yeah like you said it's like it's the characters like the music the setting like it's just it's a very enjoyable experience as far as like aesthetically like you just feel good playing the game you feel good getting to the bottom of this conspiracy etc but yeah, so I guess that kind of uh, wraps it up. We did have some honorable mentions for Hidden Gems, but we have gone on far too long. Maybe we'll do a part two of this podcast if people like it. But yeah, again, I want to thank Boyan for joining us here on Buffs and Nerfs. I hope you For the first and last welcome. time. Last time uh, for your for your degradation of eight bit technology, uh, it's unfortunate that um, our friendship had to end like this. But yeah, it was it's been fun. I'm just glad I could be here for it. Yeah. And yeah, Sam, co-host with the most. Thank you as always. Thank um, you for hosting. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. All right. Cheers, boys. Have yourselves a good one. You too. Take it easy, everybody.